freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. What we're going to do, you are a manager. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Happy Carroll coming up in 30 minutes. Brock, thankfully, we know that week one is often deceiving, and whatever happens in week one, does not necessarily indicate what is to come in the future. But we still have this to talk about, and it got me thinking as we watched them lose yesterday the way they did about all of the decisions they made in the offseason that we knew would be storylines coming into this one. You chose A instead of B. Well, when you have a chance to watch both A and B play their way out at the same time, it's hard not to look at the roads not traveled, right? Kind of like Pete and Russ last year. Very much so. And last year, we watched it all year long, and it played out exactly in the Seahawks' favor from game one all the way through the very end of the year. This year, it doesn't look that way. And if I were to run through these seven decisions that they made, I would say six of them did not look great in week one, and the other was still kind of iffy. The first for me would be Draymond Jones. That's the guy you decided to pay more money to this offseason than any player from the outside in team or in Seahawks uh, under Pete, mm-hmm. Pete John history. Mm-hmm. Did you notice Dre Jones no. once yesterday? No. I did not notice him on the field. Now, you said their run defense was better. Yep. I'm sure he had a role to play in it, so I'm not going to yep. sit here and rip Dre Jones up and down. But for a guy that got paid what he got paid, two total tackles, zero solo tackles, and generally never heard from. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Yeah, I think it will be fair, and and maybe you can ask Pete about him. I think he did, and many of those 37 first and second down runs Mm -hmm. eat up blockers. Good. All right. Allow Bobby to come downhill. Allow that wash. As I said, I'm willing to own that. Yep. How do you do in the pass rush? Because they didn't touch the quarterback. Mm -mm. Second one, and this one's the one that looks real bad, unfortunately, today, and may not forever. Number five pick. Devin Witherspoon Mm -hmm. didn't play. I know you're a big pro football focus guy. Did you see their uh, report on Jalen Carter? A 90.5 pass rushing grade, Mm. eight pressures, tied for first in the NFL, and one sack. Yeah, that's a tough one today, especially with Devin out, not even able to fight and compete. And with a second corner through the preseason and Mike Jack and Trey Brown, they got picked on repeatedly and did so yesterday. You know, Trey got picked on. He got thrown around a little bit, had, had a tougher day. You'd really like to see. Maybe maybe they knew. As good as Mike Jack was last year, and he was good. Mm-hmm. He was a very solid number two to Tyreek. They knew in-house, we need somebody else that's a lead on that other side. We wow. need it. And unfortunately, he has been And maybe this will work out long-term. Uh, you know, the odds are that Witherspoon is going to come back and do something great. I mean, he's a number five pick for a reason. I'm not down on him. And Jalen Carter may still suffer from some of the problems that kept him off a lot of teams' boards. But right now, today? Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. By the way, your number 20 pick? Not a lot better. I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba played. He wasn't bad. But he didn't do anything particularly wonderful. Mm-mm. Zay Mm-mm. Flowers, who they chose him over? He looked unbelievable watching him in Buffalo, in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. Charbonnet, your first of your, uh, I'm sorry, Hall, the first of your two second round picks, zero impact. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying he didn't do some things that I couldn't see, but in terms of truly impacting the game, et cetera, I didn't see it. 
Your second second-round pick, when everyone said, don't go running back, don't go running back, you got some real needs, especially on your defensive line, the interior of your offensive line. Charbonnet, three forgettable carries, essentially invisible. Yep. So that right there, that's one, two, three, four, five decisions you made in the offseason that don't look great. The other two are much bigger conversations. One is Bobby. And certainly there's a conversation about how he helped the run, but also was he picked on in pass coverage. I'm going to leave Bobby out for now and say that that one has not backfired against them. The seventh one, though, and this one maybe you'll disagree with me, you had an opportunity to go in a different direction at quarterback. And I don't think Gino was the problem yesterday. He wasn't. Did he make anyone around him better? Did he? Did he? Did, he did anybody? Those... Did anybody make anybody better yesterday? No, but that's the quarterback's job. Brock, you tell me that all the time. Yep. I mean, I'm just going by what you tell me about playing the quarterback position. Yep. Your job is to make guys around you better. As Matthew Stafford did. As he did. As the guy on the other side did. He took Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua and turned them into the Marx Brothers from the Dolphins with Dan Marino. What a combo, He turned them man. into Jerry Rice and John Taylor. Can you imagine if those guys lighted up Puka and Tutu? <laughs> playing at the karaoke bar tonight after the game. Puka and Tutu. Must see. Yeah, and they were. They were explosive, and they beat you again and again and again. They beat you in man. They beat you in zone, and Stafford did elevate them. Yeah, that one, uh, th- those those latter two will be a 17-week discussion. I think, Bobby, all, there's all of, going – All of these will be, by the way. These they are will. just one week. Yep, they will. And, you know, as you said earlier, rookies, be very, very careful to count on them to carry you, as the rookie class did in an, in an amazing way last year, and your two, ta- two tackles in particular – but, Bobby, there will be, I think, a discussion about just can he play every snap? Right? You want to talk about tired and fatigue and everything else? Like, is it in the best interest of Bobby, the best interest of this defense, if he's playing every snap, playing every third down, playing in that middle of the field where, you know, they're going to throw and, and attack and, until proven otherwise? That will be, over the course of the year, a conversation to be had. And maybe Jamal Adams will have something to do with that. And maybe Jordan Brooks, who remarkably played so many snaps, and I thought played fairly violently and fairly fast yesterday in many, many of those snaps yeah. coming off his ACL. But, nope, those will be certainly conversations. And, and with fan bases we know today, and especially in the social media realm that love to keep receipts, there will be yep. many of those receipts read. Well, and, I, and again, um, these are the, yeah. I got a, t- a text here from the five hundred nine saying, "Are we seriously questioning the Jackson Smith and Jigba pick?" No, not questioning it. Pointing out that after one week, he was okay. The guy they chose him over was great. Next week, I hope Jackson Smith and Jigba is unbelievable, and yep. Zay Flowers doesn't look as good. Yep. Uh, again, this is a this is. I a, mean, he a, did go a, to Boston College, right? Well, I know it's impossible receiver. to imagine that he could have uh, some success as a wide receiver. But according to Salt. Man, I watched him yesterday. He looked like he went somewhere else. He looked like a Florida receiver or something, man. He was running all over the map. He can fly. He looked pretty good. So, look, this is just one week. I'm very clear about that. But as you're watching and gauging some of these decisions, at least five, maybe six of them went awry in week one. And that's obviously not a spot you want to be in. Pete Carroll will join us coming up in 20 minutes. We will uh, give you everything you need to know next, including some good news coming tonight about 640. That's Mm. next on Brock and Salk. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. 
up first. Which look worse, the offense or the defense? It's a fair debate, but I'm not sure at the end of the day it really matters. It was just a bad loss, and neither unit looked particularly good for the Seahawks. Yeah, give the special team some credit. They blocked a kick, but unfortunately, they then missed a kick a few minutes later. So just a... Just a bit of a mess for the Seahawks yesterday in virtually every department. And even worse, in front of a home crowd that came out fired up, excited to see Bobby Wagner back, excited about a new team with a lot of young players and a lot of excitement around them. And unfortunately, they laid a complete egg nearly from start to finish, certainly in the second half of that game. The defense couldn't get off the field. 12 of 18 on third and fourth down. The offense accounted for 38 yards total. After the first two drives of the game, Brock, those are Charlie Whitehurst era numbers. I don't even know what to make. 38 yards after the first two drives? What? Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't have many of them. I mean, they, the other two were a missed field goal and a made field goal. So before halftime, all four, all four times they had the ball in the first half, they put themselves in scoring position, should have had 16 points on the board. Well, one of those but times they got egg. the ball in scoring position. They did, but a good big old goose egg in the second half. I mean, the, the second half, four possessions, absolutely nothing. Four possessions, the Rams score 23, 23 to nothing in that second half. You know, Pete Carroll dropped a little word in there, Salt, to pique my interest, talking about DK Metcalf losing his mind, and that word was expectations. Mm. Maybe we should remind ourselves of what April and May felt like with a baseball team that had to carry the weight of expectations. It is a different world to live in than the underdog who can come out and just let it rip. And that's what the Rams did. That's a 2-2 Atwell and Puka Naku and all the guys that they got mocked and laughed at. And what a terrible roster. And they can't play. And it's a rebuild. And that team is so young. And they're going to be terrible. Oh, really? This is the NFL. And the margin is that's very, funny. very slim. I expect that to be the same sort of problem for an NFL team early in the year as I would for for a baseball team and just the way the two games are played. But, yeah, maybe that's what happened. Here's Pete Carroll, cut one. He was, uh, yeah, understood what happened yesterday. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Yeah, I am surprised. And, and I'm disappointed that um, that we weren't cleaner, you know. I mean, with this 13 to 6, you know, it's no big deal. We're, we're in pretty good shape. We moved the ball well in, in, in the first half and uh, really felt like we should be able to take the next step and take control of the football game. And I and, uh, thought we were in great shape to do that. It, uh, it's shocking to me now that that's we weren't able to take take advantage of that. You know, I, I don't care what the score is at halftime, you know, but I like being ahead, which we were. And I like the fact that we moved it. We also, they scored a on the first drive and they didn't score any other drive so we felt like we had a real shot i don't think we were cocky at all we surely didn't talk like that but um we didn't respond well enough man people yearn for the days of a slow start and a great finish for pete seahawks unfortunately didn't happen yesterday here's the second thing you need to know well before we get into the bad news with the mariners over the weekend how about a piece of good news i promised i think jared kelnick's gonna play tonight sounds like he will be active for the team and i would assume that he will be in the starting lineup as well and you know what for everybody who was worried that he was going to come in here and wreck the good vibes well guess what instead he shows up fresh for a group that right now is a bit exhausted so i think he's exactly the kick in the pants this team could (laughs) use and you know what He and George can go commiserate together on the dumb things they said and did and how they may have cost and hurt their team by overreacting and being too emotional in the moment. Hopefully both have learned a little bit of maturity based on those moments. For Jared, I love the way he spoke about it, the tears that came immediately, the maturity he showed when he spoke about it with Daniel Kramer last week. 
And now I'm ready to just see the guy go play some baseball. I love the way he hit while he was down in Tacoma. He ran. He played defense. He had no PS over 950. And quite frankly, Brock, they could use some of that, that extra pop, that extra juice that Jared brings when he's going good. I'll also say this. I'll admit, as a, as a fan of, of sports movies, etc., how can mm-hmm. you not root for the greatest imaginable moment which is Jared Kelnick doing what Cal Raleigh did last year with the hit to put the team into the playoffs, it would be an unbelievable story. Well, the only thing that would add to that is maybe it's like game 162 or 161 to win the pennant, yeah. and it's George Kirby shoving for nine innings, <laughs> service walking out to take the ball from him, Kirby wagging his finger at him, Don't saying, you come no, out and, he's got two, and he's got two bloody socks. Not just one, he's got two bloody socks. And he's going to not get the bloody ball from George Kirby. And Kellnick's going to deliver. That's good. Yeah, that's I'd, good. I'd write, a, I'd write a script like God, that. I'd go see that movie, that's for sure. <laughs> Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, speaking of good movies, how about the Pac-12 just owning college football right now despite being essentially defunct? Huskies win over the weekend. They just take care of business and destroy Tulsa. Uh, but the story was the Cougs, Brock. They got after number 19, Wisconsin. They beat them, and they showed that there's something going on there in Pullman. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. Pat Chen and Athletic Department, Crosshair Sports, and I'll say it again and again, has done more with less than anybody else. And throw in the Oregon State Beavers as well, who have accomplished an awful lot with their baseball program, winning national championships, uh, women's basketball that's been to a Final Four. The men just a couple years ago on a run to an Elite Eight. And, you know, when Jake Dickard loses his mind and loses his voice and it's all gone post-game and you feel his emotion and what it means to be in a power five and to be relevant and all that they've done to be there. And not just then talk it, but go walk it and beat Wisconsin. That was a pretty awesome scene in Pullman Saturday night. As you referenced, eight now, eight of the top 25. And, oh, by the way, (laughs) over the weekend, Arizona goes to overtime in Starkville with Mississippi State. Could have beat them in the SEC. And Cal, lowly Cal, lowly unfortunately Cal. loses by four to Auburn, a defense that gave them every chance to win as they lose 14-10. So yeah. a couple of the other losses are both one score. Otherwise, there is no debate. This is the best conference in college football right now. <laughs> so funny. It's not even a conference. Uh, some great football over the weekend as well. And then uh, I'm pretty excited for Monday Night Football tonight. How about that game? Right, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets going up against the Bills, AFC East rivalry. That's going to be pretty fun as well. That is everything you need to know a quarter past every hour here on the Brock. Did the NFL deliver opening week? Did the NFL storylines, performance? A good, good, not great week for the NFL. You? Thought thought there were some kicking issues uh, across the league, which is always a bit of a surprise. But guess what? When you just decide to go cheap at kicker or you move kickers around, certainly in Denver, uh, a lot of conversation about a kicker who missed a PAT and a field goal. Just looking at the numbers from the the week, there are a lot Uh of quarterbacks under 230 yards. There were a lot of like, "Eh." it was okay. I thought it was a good week and, and not necessarily a spectacular one. So a lot of defensive lines got after quarterbacks, got after yeah. offensive lines. Who was it with us last week talking about that? If there's a, a maybe a big challenge to Weiss. keep an eye on. Yep. Uh, uh, Steve Weiss saying that. Yep. That hey, keep an eye on these offensive lines, you know, what, what they can do. And, and that, again, is an area going into the game, Salk, with the noise and the volume mm-hmm. and the passion and everything else. And, you know, you, you, you did rest and protect your, your guys up front defensively to go play. You know, Daryl was fresh legs. 
Dre was fresh legs. Jaron was fresh legs. And just not to impact the passing game. At all. Zero. I mean, Uchenna, yeah. Uchenna had some good rushes. Uchenna impacted it with tackles for loss. Boye Jaren did a good Reed, job Jaren in the Reed run game. Jaron a little bit, but certainly not enough against no. Stafford. And that, how about that play Stafford scrambled on? Ugh. Right? His, his feet, you could see his feet. He's wow. like, uh, uh, where's an outlet? Where's that? I mean, he was just all sped up. And then he Brock, scrambles. Did he get by Bobby? Yes. Did he fake Bobby out of his shoes? Yes. Oh, no. For nine, that. for nine but yards. It looked like that, oh. it looked like that commercial with, Dan Marino and Jerry Rice and Emmett Smith, right? <laughs> and he's out there. He did not want to run. Oh, he didn't want to run. It's like what happened to that guy you and Jake got all excited about. What was his name? That old defensive end who came here and couldn't oh, run. Oh, oh that was oh. that was concerning. All right, we've been gearing up for this all morning long. Our weekly Pete Carroll interview, the return of the Pete Carroll show. Unfortunately, coming off a big loss, but you know what? That's usually when Pete's at his best. So stick around. You'll hear Pete talk about it coming up on Brock and Salt. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. All right, waiting on Pete Carroll, who should be here in just a moment or two. We'll obviously talk through the game from yesterday. Yes, Ziggy Ansah was the name I was looking for, Brock. Where were you on that one? We were looking for Ziggy Ansah. Ansah, yes, that was Ziggy Ansah. Chest bumping Jake Heaps. Yes, that was quite a moment for uh, everyone. We'll all remember it right now. We got the coach walking in. Let's talk to Pete. The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Brock and Saul. That's exactly what you want! Presented by the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook and Top Fitness. Coach, good morning. What happened yesterday? Oh, gosh. That's so disappointing. Um, after all of our build-up and, and approach, we thought we would <clears throat> perform better level that throughout the game. Um, you know, really, it was uh, as we go in at halftime, we feel like we're okay here. You know, we moved the ball. Uh, we got in scoring position. We, we didn't get our touchdowns there. Um, we gave up a drive, the first the scoring drive right off the bat, and then settled through the next two quarters and uh, those two quarters and went in halftime feeling, I felt great about it, that, okay, we haven't even played our best football yet and we can move it. We got to get off on third down. We got we got to convert our third downs. That was really the focus. And... Uh, I, I didn't do a good enough job, you know. I, I didn't get us right to come back out of uh, the third quarter and go ahead and execute. And, and I, I'm just so disappointed that that is what this looked like. You know, they they went down the field and scored. We get nothing. They go down the field, get a field goal. We get nothing. And that's kind of how the, the, the second half took, took hold. And we couldn't get out of it. And uh, I, I know that we had really high expectations going in. And uh, I... I would be the first to tell you. I had him personally. I probably did a really good job of transferring that to our fans, and they were ready for us too, you know, and, and it didn't happen. It was really, uh, really disappointing. And so uh, there's there's so many good things that we, we can see. The, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball was, was well done in the running game. Uh, as good a run defense as we've played in, in quite a while and consistently, and, and in particular, to see our guys fight so hard at the end and, and try to get us the ball back, aside from the fact that we were jumping on the hard counts, uh, we really were still in there battling. I like that. I'm going to build on that. Um, so we have to. We got to get our act together. That was a, wasn't a good performance in, in any way as, as the whole game showed. But uh, I did like the way we started. I didn't like the way we finished. And that's something I take great pride in. And that was uh, really disappointing. 
Is that something, Pete, that you can flush, go home, compartmentalize, wake up early this morning and get in? Or is that a game that you immediately have to come back and, and watch the tape and see what went down? Oh, no. no I had no. I watched it last night and watched it again this morning. You know, I've been through it almost three full times so, so far. So it takes all that to, you know, there's so many things to look for and to see. But it's it ain't going away. We, we have to, we have to respond and we got an extremely difficult, uh, you know, challenge this week coming up with, with Detroit high flying and all of that. But, uh, it, it ain't about them. It's going to be about us and we got to play all the way throughout. And, uh, you know, you, this game is one that you can get distracted. You know, you can get distracted and you come away from being like you're capable. And that's, we have to be, uh, strong enough and mindful enough to, to be in command of our, of our senses and our awareness and our, and our actions and really just the fundamental play. We got sloppy in 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 the in there as we got going and because we got distracted some and we were you know the penalties that happened in the second half that that's 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 that stinks you know that we didn't, we shouldn't have done that and then we shouldn't have been there I and mean, you could see us we're jumping on hard counts we don't have you know we're not holding it but uh and then those things we did we can't let those become part of our game because it affects the it affects us and it did so we have to be way better at than that. What did you learn about this? Because it's still a new group for you, right? I mean, this is still a new team, a new year. What did you learn about them yesterday? I felt like we were a little disappointed that we went ahead by more. You know, that's the way I look at it. Once now that I see what happened, that that the, the our expectations were that we would be farther out. We had a chance to be have more, a couple more touchdowns. I don't think it's just the missed field goal. You know, I don't think that had to do with it, but it was just added on. And uh, I think we have to be more, you know, more uh, experienced about how we handle what happens in the first half and how we that transfers to the second half. I basically am always on the point that whatever just happened is already done, and you can't do nothing about it. What are you going to do now? What's the next step you're going to take? Is our, our the, where we strive to focus, and so uh, that that is an area that we have to be much better at, and uh, that's I got to lead them better and make sure that I, I find a way to make sense to them. How would you? Because I looked at a lot okay. of those. Oh. Yeah, Brock. Sorry. Well, I, I'm just no, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. How would you assess Gino's day yesterday? Um, it, well, it wasn't anything like we had hoped. You know, they uh, they did a nice job staying on top uh, on, on the deep stuff. We took some real good looks downfield and weren't able to get the ball down there because they just laid off us, which we kind of expected, but we still needed to push it and try. Um, and so we dumped the ball around. Uh, but I, I think... Um, just as the game went on, we just needed to be more more tight and more together and more precise on stuff. I, I thought he threw the ball fine. He avoided well. Um, the protection was good for uh, for a good while. We we lost it near the, the end of the game, but all the way throughout, I thought the guys did a nice job of giving them a chance to, to see what was going on. So I think that was all, all okay. We just needed to work together. Everybody needed to fit it together better. Third downs, offensively and defensively. Can you just kind of walk through what you saw via the tape uh, of where some of the breakdowns were and what's got to be cleaned up on that money down? Yeah, uh, we we uh, on the offensive side, you know, we make two of the first four or something like that, and and we don't make anything the rest of the day. We get a couple penalty third down uh, opportunities that helped us uh, early on, and uh, recognize that we can't ignore that that fact. Um, that it was the. The connection of the throwing and the catching. There was a couple routes that were that were run, or a guy got banged around, and it and it 
clouded the, the look for Gino. He had to throw the ball. The one he throws to uh, to Jackson, he throws it off his back shoulder because we got jammed up outside and he had to throw the ball in, in behind him. And that didn't hook up uh, like we normally see them. Um, and we just have to continue to, to finish the catches. You know, we had a slant route we needed to catch. There was an, another one that we couldn't catch. We just got to make the plays. And they were tight windows. They and the other side of it, you saw uh, Matthew Stafford at his best. That's 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 when he's on his stuff. Uh, they threw so many balls in tight windows that guys made the catch and made the catch right at the sticks for the first downs. We needed to do that on our side. We didn't get that done as well as they did. He, that that was the factor for us on defense that they were able to convert when we were close and when we were around it. Uh, they found the way to make the right throw, the right catch to get the conversion. And uh, and they they did get a couple big plays. You know, on us we got bumped in a man-to-man situation on the big corner route they threw. You know, we got rubbed off on our on ourselves and 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 uh, gave them a big play for them. Uh, so there's little things that we can fix there. I want to see us rush the passer better. We have to get more heat. And he did not feel us. He was really fast in his rhythm, but he did not feel us uh, enough to have the kind of data to, to, you know, make it go our way. You you end on that one there with the, with the pressure. I think that was one of the things that was maybe most surprising after watching this team and just sort of looking at the personnel on this roster. I think the expectation was we're going to see a team that could really get after the passer in a lot of different ways. What, what, what didn't translate from the page onto the field? Yeah, yesterday? we didn't. We didn't look nearly as active as we needed to <clears throat> in our rushes. We weren't edged out as well as we'd like to. You know, more on the edges of guys so he could feel us. Uh, there's some technical parts of that. When we pressured, uh, they they got hands on us, you know, and we the ball was out so quick that we weren't able to affect him, you know. So um, it, it worked uh, together for them, and we were down the middle of guys on our pass rush more than we need to be, and he got the ball out really quick, so he didn't feel us, and so that we didn't have a factor, we we didn't feel us. You when know? you say down the middle, you mean you're you're <coughs> running right into the guy's chest as opposed to off his shoulder more, and edge? That's, is that basically that's, what you're saying? That's an oversimplification, yes. but yeah, that's that it is staying on the blocks instead of airing him out and making some space for us. So that the the quarterback feels the color of, of the rush, and uh, they did a nice job covering us up, and he did a really good job of getting the ball out, and so um, that combined with we needed to cover them tighter, and then we needed to rush them better and and work together. That's how you know third down wins uh, happen. So we just needed. It was no surprise that 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 he was like he was. This is the kind of player that he is. We needed to get him off his game, and we weren't able to do it. How much of that, Pete, is a communication standpoint with guys playing together for the first time in real NFL action? There's no question that that that, that improves. You know, this is the first time these guys have been out on the field. We've we've taken hundreds of snaps in practice uh, to get there, but it's still it's unique when you get on the field in a game and all that. Um, without question, and our crowd's going crazy, and so the communication, as much as we try to simulate it, I got noise happening constantly at practice uh, to to try to you know prepare that. But uh, there is, we lost a little bit of that in the game that we'll we'll achieve as we move forward. So I got to ask you, and it's it's an unfair question because it's absolutely second guessing, and it goes against what I would personally okay. do. You're, you're on the radio, man. But but how do you? I mean, it, it almost has to be out. You have the opportunity in the preseason. A lot of the guys didn't play. For the record, I wouldn't have played them either so again this is second guessing but does it make you think back on those decisions and wonder if there's a different no, way to use the preseason this team didn't play any other guys that's relative it's relative effect and and uh um you know i'm not going there how about this one pete football 101 because uh, your old qb mark sanchez time and again yesterday was drawing up everything the rams were doing pre-snap 
all of their motion, their stacks, their motion, their motion, right? Again and again and again, either, as you said, in some of their route combinations or just some of the eye candy that it does to a defense. What is the best answer to all of that pre-snap movement from the opponent? Well, the, um, <clears throat> they did a couple different things that they hadn't done, and they got their guys on the move in, in, at, at high speeds you know, to help their releases, and uh, they did a nice job with that. We really handled it. The, um, the adjustments were fine, but it, did, it was new, newer than something they'd done in the past. <clears throat> so we had, to, we had to see that for the first time. But it really that wasn't a big factor, but it was a good factor for them. I, I give them credit that they had you know, something that was a little bit unique in, in the game approach. Um, but what you know, what you have to do is you have to have really good communication, particularly when you're in man-to-man stuff. The zone stuff makes it easier because you can take them as they come off. When you're matching guys up, uh, you you have to be ready to go, and you can lose that edge. You know that little bit of a, a leverage advantage. We had a route. <clears throat> the debut us over the middle. We had big time inside leverage for the call, and we wound up outside of of two uh, two, and he wound up getting a, getting a catch for about six yards on and a first down. That happened to us. That's just you know. That's adjusting in the game and making sure that you, you, know, you utilize the, the principle of the leverage based on what you're facing. And so, uh, you know, we, they got us on one of them in particular. I, I thought that was a nice little wrinkle that they had, but it didn't, it didn't break us down, though. What did you see from Bobby in his return, starting with the <clears throat> unbelievable moment when he was introduced? It was an then, unbelievable moment. Wasn't that cool? Time. Yeah, it was really cool. Really, I mean, I was, I was choked up on the, uh, instantly. You know, I was surprised by it. Um, but thrilled for the fans and for Bobby. And then he goes out and throws 19 tackles at him. You know, he had a really good game. He played really well. And um, no surprise that he would be ready. Um, I was really happy that he was really poised about it. He, he didn't lose his cool at all. You know, he was, he was very much the, the you know, the, the managing overviewer, <laughs> overseer, uh, all-knowing kind of in, in the game. And I thought he played a really good football game. I want to mention, too, that I, I thought uh, Jordan Brooks did a t- fantastic job yesterday coming back for his first time. He played almost 60 plays in the game, uh, <clears throat> did probably his best job in coverage that he's done, um, hit and ran and did some terrific things. So he's back and in, in great shape. I, it was uh, really great to see that. It's a great accomplishment. The other kind of new guy who's there for the <clears throat> well, there are a few guys for the first time, but Dre Jones, big offseason acquisition. You know, from my perspective, I just see the numbers. They weren't spectacular. Was there more going on behind the scenes? Was he doing some stuff and run stuffing that I wouldn't have seen? What did you make of yeah, Dre Jones' first Everybody played day? well in the running game, and he, he did his part, you know, gap controlling and the things that the stunts and the things that we did. It was a really, really nice exhibition of that all the way through the very end of the game when we were playing really, really hard. Uh, the guys were still sticking with the principles of it and Dre was all part of that he didn't get loose on his rush at all um it had a couple of nice spins late in the game but didn't get aired out and, and where you, you could feel him and we have to help him get there and he's got to do a better job of you know just like everybody does of just taking advantage of the opportunities that, that are presented and um so i'm sure we'll see more of that from him but uh the whole group just was was pretty pretty well quieted down by them and and uh that's a factor we can't allow that to happen Pete, it felt like defensively you mixed just about everything. Yeah, there was some nickel, there was some dime, there was man, there was pressure, there was zone. Uh, they targeted the middle of the field completion-wise 11 different times, either on the hashes or between the hashes, according to the, to the raw numbers after the game. Was there something to the middle of the field defensively that they went after that, uh, that needs to be adjusted or explained? Um, well, they, they, you know, they just did their their offense, you know, the stuff that they do. They have a very, you know, really really well versed 
dropped that game with all kinds of stuff with their crossing routes and the principles and, and all that. And it was they just went from one to the other and, and they uh, our zone stuff, you know, we were about sixty something percent, you know, in, in their zone stuff against them for the most part and, and uh that's that was enough for them to, to hit them and make their first downs. Um we didn't disrupt them except for a few different things that we did uh coverage wise, you know. So um I thought it's really hard to beat Matthew Stafford uh with something new and, and fool him. You know, you you have to attack him and, and make sure that he's uncomfortable. That's what we couldn't get done. Um you know, he's gonna pretty much shoot you down if you if if he has the time to do it. And so um unfortunately that it exposes a little bit. But those are just the the regular principles, you know, Brock. They, that's yeah. just stuff coming on you know, high and low things are ahead of us on, on the with the guy in the deep side and then the guy underneath the, the linebacker and they dumped the ball off versus the zone stuff uh, effectively, you know, unfortunately. You talked earlier about managing emotions, and unfortunately that kind of brings up the DK incident near the end of the game. What did you make of what you saw, and then we heard his explanation for it afterwards. It didn't seem to really uh, accurately describe what had happened on the field. Uh, well, he, he, you know, he got – he. He got into it with uh, with their guys, and, and meaning that there was some John going on uh, in – in that, um, there was that wound up being a penalty situation where there, there, you know, he he was involved with the, with a late hit on a guy that wasn't called, and uh, and and then that factored into them getting juiced up, and then he kind of responded to him, which is you know, DK and I talked for a long time last night about that's not what we can allow to happen because that that means that they can control him, you know, and and uh, and, and get after him, and so he has to elevate above that, and so it's it's a challenge. Uh, this is nothing new. With DK's been an emotional, feisty, fiery player since the day he got here, and that's that is who he is. But he has to also manage that so that they don't can't take advantage of it. And uh, so, Gino's similar. You know, Gino gets fired up too, and, and he, we've talked about that for uh, you know all through the season last year. He has to manage his way too, and uh, a lot of guys. That's what this game calls for for these guys. There's a lot of John going on. There's a lot of you know opportunities to to go overboard and we have to not let that happen particularly in factor into taking away from the way we play so um that's quite clear we understand that i mean i've been through this over the years with a lot of guys and uh we have to manage our way through it and we have to be in control not let them factor into our stuff is there a player you've had that struggled with that badly early in their career that got it at some point and and you kind of help them figure out how to get away from doing some of that stuff to yeah. Hurt the team. <laughs> yeah who, who comes to mind well i don't talk about those guys if oh, you don't mind. I, don't, I don't care about talking about those guys but um yeah we've had a number of guys and there's been uh, i've been in, the, in this discussion with guys over the years for a really long time well I'll, I'll give you one guy that i don't mind talking about bruno giacomini was a guy who was as feisty as you could be he was as tough hard-nosed ornery as you could be and he used to just take it out on guys you know and then he used to just be brutal at times, you know, and we loved it about him because he was such a hard nose, a big old you know, stud of a guy, and all that. But he was it, it was not appropriate, and so he would, and he he had to learn how when and how to pick his spots, you know, kind of thing. Is that and, something you take a role in? Is that is that a head coach thing? Is that a position yes, coach thing? Yes. Yeah, it, both. It's you know, it's all hands on deck. Is it discipline? I mean, is there because I think we don't know how it works behind the scenes. Is there discipline that comes down? Yes, there's discipline. They have to recognize when it's happening. They have to they have to feel the urge coming, you know, and and. and and sense the uh, the aggravation of a building. I'm sorry. Yeah. I guess what I mean is there discipline for, from you, meaning a like punishment type of a thing using well, discipline. We, we handle, well, I, I handle it the way I handle it. Yeah, 
not the kind of discipline maybe you think we're going to spank somebody or whatever. I don't think that, thankfully. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> that's not, was not but, on uh, my mind. We, yeah, we, I we do. do. We do deal with it. In, <laughs> that's a Brock thing. It's, it's, it's an ongoing, this is always a coach's challenge. I mean, you always got to help guys find the right mentality so that they can be at their best. You know? And you don't want them to get caught into stuff where they're not like they can be, you know, and they, they miss out on, on their opportunity. So um, we're all on it, and uh, this is nothing new. DK and I have been through this for, for some time, and I want him to do a great job of managing. He's a great player and, and a great contributor, and uh, I want him to be at his best always. Pete and I have uh, brought up this play a couple times today, and I just will with you, and, you know, we've done this for a lot of years together, and I, I, I'll just say I was – Pretty frustrated when Gino got his face knocked off by Aaron Donald. To me, a cheap shot targeting his head, his face, it's a penalty, but with offsetting. And I didn't see a lot of reaction by the guys up front. I think that's unfair. I think that's unfair to say that. That you mean the the lineman or the guys in the sideline and all that? Uh, just we, the lineman, just the, just the guy. And I know he's Aaron Donald, and he's the greatest defensive player of the last decade. But I just felt like he took one and took a cheap shot on the quarterback, and I wanted more reaction. Okay, good. Yeah, we we jumped on on it at the moment. The the flag came out right away, and and we we got what we needed out of it. Oh the no, you did absolutely, absolutely. No, no, the well, that's too. that's my, my my point is that that's you know. I, I don't know. Okay, I, I hear you. That's your opinion. You want our guys to do something about it. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, you know. You yeah. didn't Appreciate the way they responded. I thought we did fine. Yeah. Uh, injury updates. We generally kind of run through these on uh, on Monday, and there were a few of them. Starting probably with your two tackles. What uh, What do we know about the two tackles? Uh, we're, we're gonna. We got some work to do. Um, Charles hurt his toe, and uh, it's a big man. So we got to see how that how he takes to that during the week. We won't know for a while. Um, with with Abe, it's 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 just an old knee thing that he's got going on. He's got an aggravation kind of uh, deal that he's dealing with, and and uh, we just got to see how he handles it. It just got really uncomfortable late in the game, and he, he had to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone else we should know about? I know there was Tyler, Tyler. Oh, a couple others. Uh, Tyler, no, he 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 got hit. He got whacked. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. that yep. hit. He got whacked pretty good, but he he you know he's he he held held on just fine made it through the protocol and all that and he was fine afterwards so no no problems we'll see how he is this morning i haven't heard anything different to that uh, mafe got torqued one time just really frightening uh, torque job by the tackle and uh um his, his knee got twisted but he came back and played in the game did a really good job uh will we see do we believe we'll see devin witherspoon this week it's a really good chance yeah he's got to make it through the week um he'll practice full all week long and, and he'll be practicing to play let me let me go this way, just because we've talked about some of the. I mean, look, it's not a great game, so there's a lot of kind of negative questions coming out of it. But it was the first game for a lot of guys. It was your first game with this team. Did anybody do anything really good that we should have noticed? Was there anybody that we should have noticed did something better than expected? Well, I, I thought that uh, we we played the whole front played really well against the running game, uh, and that was a major focus. And that to accomplish that. So clearly, uh, you know, they averaged two something a carry all through the preseason. It was three something, you know. So that's a big accomplishment for a lot of guys. The edge guys did a really good job. Mafe did a good job. Chenna did a really good job, uh, uh, and they they pounded away at the edge of, of the offense. They gave us plays in the backfield and a lot of clean tackles for the linebackers and, and all of that. So those guys did a really nice job. I mentioned about the backers. I really liked both both the inside guys that that played. Uh, I I think. The, maybe you don't want to hear this, but on special teams we had a really good, solid football game. It was a great freaking uh, field goal block. 
beautiful execution uh, with uh, Jay Reed knocking the ball down, but it was also Dre Jones that, that drilled the same guy that he had to beat. Uh, really good play inside there to, to make that scoop, and, and uh, wish we could have scored on that one. Um, and we had a couple returns that were nice. We, had, we did some really nice things in, in special teams, which was really good to see because we had a lot of young guys, a lot of new guys out there, and they came through in, in good fashion. Mm-hmm. You mentioned expectations, Pete, a couple different times, and it was fun for me. I had Iowa, Iowa State, two old salts of defensive coordinators, Haycock and Phil Parker, and it was fun talking to both of them, and both of them expressed how much this game is still mental. I think we focus so much on the scheme and all of these things and all of the data, and yet you know, this game to them, and they've been around it like you have for so long, that it becomes, as you said, the mental aspect of it and just the approach to the attention to detail to everything that comes with it and uh, and just how do how do you reset that this week? You know, does it does yeah. a is a game like that just help naturally? You don't even have to say much. Just kind of naturally reset, boys. That <laughs> the expectations may be there, but the details also have to follow. Well, you know, honestly, I got to be honest with with our fans and everybody that follows me. You know, I'm I'm my expectations are pretty freaking high, and I operate like that at all times, and and uh, and I'm trying to elevate. The, the, our expectations to the point where the, it enhances our play. Uh, when, but you also have to manage your expectations, and, and that's that's the part of it. You have to be realistic. You have to be able to get to the point of it, and you have to be able to reset. That's what I, f- I feel like I didn't do well yesterday. You know, we came, we came in flying. We were so jacked to go play this this football game and to get this season started and all of that for all of the right reasons. And we came out, got ahead. Halftime, here we go. And then I don't feel like I managed the process of getting to the next stage. Let's come out in third quarter. Let's go to work. That's where I, I don't feel like I did a good enough job because the expectations have to be real. And it's a real NFL football game. And these are really good players. And they're, they're paid a lot of money to play. And they got a great quarterback and all that. And they're in, they're in this game just as well as we're ahead by seven or six points, whatever it was, seven points. You know, they're, they're, they're in the game too. And so we have to be really at our best and not allow the first half expectations to affect how we perform. And it can happen. It's just we're human and we can happen. Guys are disappointed maybe in how, how things went or they're frustrated by how things went. And, and that takes away from the focus. And that's, that is the whole mental game that, that we play constantly. It's never not on. And uh, uh, it, if anything, what matches up is physically we are basically the same. You know, they got the same players, same coaches. Everybody's working their tails off to get it done at a, a huge high, high level. But it's that other aspect of it that we have to do a great job of, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so now we're challenged by it. So we really have to come to terms, be straight up, you know, tell the truth Monday. Here we go, and uh, and take this next step. Well, it'll be an interesting tell the truth Monday, I'm sure, Coach. Thanks for coming on and talking through it. We you will do it, it again next week, hopefully coming off of a win. Let's go. Until get then, uh, we'll get out of here. We see you guys tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. The hey, barn. See everybody. <laughs>